today, let's pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus got into a boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a violent storm came up on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by waves, but he was asleep. They came and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. He said to them, Why are you terrified, O you of little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. The men were amazed and said, What sort of man is this, whom even the winds and the sea obey? The Gospel of the Lord. Before Jesus, there's no competition. There should be no competition when it comes to love. Jesus is the greatest. He's everything. Jesus doesn't want to be the cause of rivalry, as you may well imagine. He's not interested in striving for goals, as we often are. That's why when he asks us to love him more than we love our parents, more than our children, and even more than our own life, he doesn't tell us to do it because he wants to outdo others. In this world, because of our way of thinking and acting, we stray away from what God really wants from us. Men and women who love out of freedom, with a free heart, for freedom. Competition, sooner or later, generates slavery and exclusion. There's always something that forces us to compete, and while competing, we or some others are always left out, or somehow get less or become losers. What do I mean by this? Of course, I don't mean that it's not good to overcome oneself, to always look for the best, to look for what will help us grow the most. However, we must be aware of the fact that this can never be against or at the expense of others, as if they were rivals to be surpassed. That's why Jesus asks us to love him more, so that we may learn to love others more, not so that we love them less. He is the only one who empowers our human love, exalts it, magnifies it. He is the only one who demands love so that this demand results in more love for all, leaving out no one. That's why the saints, those who live as children of God, loved so many and were able to widen their hearts to limits beyond the minds of non-believers. We must encourage ourselves to love Jesus more. Encourage yourself to do everything possible to love him with all your heart, knowing that his love doesn't take space in your heart, but on the contrary inflames it. It enlarges it, so that those you could never have imagined can enter and dwell in it. Jesus gives everything, but he takes away nothing, even if sometimes it seems that he doesn't care about what happens to us, as in today's glimpses of the gospel. You and I are among those who believe without seeing, without physically seeing Jesus. We're the happy ones in this world. However, who of us has never experienced the feeling that God is asleep, that Jesus has fallen asleep? Who of us has never gone through a difficult storm in our lives when it seems that everything is sinking? Who of us has never experienced the feeling that there are storms that never seem to pass? If nowadays a storm disturbs us despite the comforts with which we live, 
Can you imagine what a storm meant in ancient times? What it really felt like? A storm was really a problem, and even more so while at sea, where everything seems uncontrollable and unstable. Thank God no storm lasts forever. Storms are disturbing, but they pass. They cause damage and can be very scary, but they go away. Darkness is not pleasant at all, but it passes. Dawn always breaks, even if after the darkest night. Jesus seems to be asleep, or he is, but he is not absent. Today it seems that Jesus wants to teach his friends and us, through the experience of a storm at sea, that life also resembles this. We manage to live through storms. Could it be that Jesus goes to sleep so that we may be encouraged to wake him up? How beautiful that is. Jesus sometimes wants us to despair in order for us to find hope in him. Could it be that Jesus lets the storms of life come so that we do not forget that he is the master of history, of creation, of the boat, of the church, of our own life? Could it be that sometimes it's necessary to experience that we're sinking so that we may become aware that we're fragile and in need of his love? Could it be that we're afraid because we're men and women of little faith? Could it be that we have little faith because we think that we're the masters of the ship of our life and we don't realize that it is Jesus who's actually in command instead? Could it be that sometimes we remember Jesus only during storms? If you are in the middle of a life storm, in the middle of the darkness, thinking that Jesus is missing, that your faith seems like a lie, that eventually he didn't take care of your problems, that he fell asleep when you needed him the most, scream, scream, and go wake Jesus up. Even if he doesn't need it, you need it. You and I have to learn to ask for help and not wait for the ship to sink to let others know what's happening to us. Life is beautiful, it's true, but it's difficult. It's not a sign of weakness to cry out to Jesus for him to save us. On the contrary, a strong person is the one who recognizes their weaknesses, while a truly weak person is the one who never acknowledges their frailty. If you haven't gone through storms, don't forget this gospel when it's your turn to go through one. In times of storms, it's advisable not to make decisions, not to change what has been decided, to stay firmly on the boat because Jesus is on that boat. The time of the storm is a time of growth, a time of trial, since it is a time of faith, of trusting, of letting go, of knowing that sooner or later everything will pass and Jesus will come to calm the waves that frighten us. May we have a good day, and may the blessings of our merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon our hearts and remain with us forever.